Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for March 31. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. The Old Testament book of Proverbs tells us that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity says, According to Christian teachers, the essential vice, the utmost evil, is pride. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. I'll talk more about this shortly. But first, did you miss the recent Anglican Connection online gospel-centered conference? For $30 registration, you can enjoy post-conference access to all the conference in your own time until May 31. You can register at www.anglicanconnection.com. A reading from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 13, verses 31 through 38. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, Where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the cock crows, You will have denied me three times. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. No one likes failure. You may not have experienced it, but it happens, even to the smartest of people. We can experience failure when we let others down, or when we fail to meet our own expectations. It can happen in unexpected moments, when we like to feel we are in control. In whatever form it takes, none of us likes to feel a failure. We are embarrassed and it can wound us deeply. Come with me to the scene that John records of Jesus' closing hours with his disciples on the eve of his crucifixion. There's an air of gloom as Jesus tells them he is going away. In John chapter 13, verse 33, we read his words. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me. As I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, 
you cannot come. The idea of Jesus going away left them grief-stricken. Over three years they had come to see that he is God incarnate. It was all too much for Peter. Lord, where are you going? he said. To which Jesus answered, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Peter's plea is like that of a distressed child. Why can't I come with you now? And next moment he insisted that only over his dead body would anything happen to Jesus. Clearly Peter was devoted to Jesus. His grief-stricken response is understandable. But let's think about his words. I'll lay down my life for you. It was not long since Jesus had said that he is the good shepherd who would lay down his life for the sheep. We read about this in John chapter 10 and verse 11. And to ensure that everyone had heard him, Jesus said it again. And now that the time had come, ironically Peter was saying he wanted to reverse the roles. I'll lay down my life for you, Jesus. I wonder if there's a suggestion of a smile on Jesus' lips as he replied, Will you really? At first Peter's words seemed courageous. However, they reveal his underlying pride. His response is similar to his words a little earlier that evening, when he said to Jesus, who was about to wash his feet, You'll never wash my feet. To which Jesus had responded, Unless I wash you, you will have no share with me. Clearly Peter had not understood the import of those words. And now the ever-impetuous Peter, still prideful, was saying, I won't let you die for me, Jesus. I'm not like the others. Jesus' response is gentle, but clear and firm. Peter, courageous though you may think you are, a time will come shortly when you will need to let someone else do for you what you cannot do. You'll have to accept someone else's generosity. You can't put yourself in my debt. This is so important. Jesus owes none of us anything. We are the ones who are totally dependent upon him for his charity. Devastating though it may be for our egos, we need to get to the point where we are willing to see it that way. Pride is the one passion Jesus won't allow his disciples to have, and not least on the eve of Good Friday. Nor will he allow any one of us to have such pride. Jesus' warning to Peter is prophetic. I tell you the truth, Peter. The cock will not crow till you have denied me three times. And before dawn, Peter did deny Jesus three times. As we read elsewhere, Peter came to grieve with deep sorrow and self-reproach. This proud disciple came to despise his cowardice and turn in heartfelt response to the Lord. Peter had to learn the hard lesson we all have to learn. Jesus doesn't love us because we are faithful to him, let alone prepared to die for him. He loves us 
in spite of all our failures. Our allegiance to Him must be based on this. It's humbling and it hurts, but there's no other way. There'll be times when we are like Peter. We don't want to give in to Jesus. And there may also be times when we feel that others are so much more spiritual than we are. But remember this, Jesus is not impressed by super-spirituality. He knows there are those who like to give the impression that they are first-class followers. They talk about their spiritual experiences or their certainty of the Lord's leading them to do this or do that. They're always active doing Christian work. But Jesus knows when this is done to impress others. Jesus urges everyone who would follow him to trust him, as we see in the opening words of John chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me, he says. Trust me, Peter, Jesus insists. Before the next 24 hours are over, you'll all feel failures. But your faithlessness won't mean the end of everything. The faith or trust that I am talking about is not based on what you can do for me, but rather in what I alone can do and will have done for you. It's easy for some of us to be like impetuous, proud Peter, but we should never forget the wisdom and prophecy of the book of Proverbs. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Jesus urges us to learn the lesson of humility and believe in God. We can be very confident that He is committed to us no matter what. The events of the first Good Friday and Easter Day assure us that this is true. A Prayer for Good Friday Almighty Father, look graciously upon your people for which our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and given up into the hands of wicked men and to suffer death upon the cross, who now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen.
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all men and women, and banish from them the spirit that makes for war, so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family in an obedience to your laws. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for those in authority. Sovereign Lord God, direct with your wisdom and power the leaders of the nations. Lord, give them such wisdom and understanding that they may restrain wickedness and vice and uphold justice and truth through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for those in need. O God, the creator and preserver of all humankind, we humbly pray for all who are in any kind of trouble, sorrow, sickness, anxiety, or need. We particularly pray for those who have lost loved ones through COVID-19. We thank you that a vaccine has now been produced and pray that it will be made available both speedily and fairly so that all peoples and nations may benefit. Father, we also continue to pray for people who suffer because of injustice, poverty, and powerlessness. Lord, enable us to share with others the material things that they need most of all, in your great mercy, bring comfort and hope through the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who died and rose to save us and to give us meaning and hope forever. We ask all this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for the gospel. Lord Christ, eternal word and light of the Father's glory, send your light and your truth so that we may both know and proclaim your word of life to the glory of God the Father. For you now live and reign, God, for all eternity. Amen. And now may the peace of God, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will working in you what is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, Andrew Pearson, the Dean and Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, and Craig Smalley and Catherine Jacob, members of the Cathedral Ministry Team. The introductory and concluding music is from the Cathedral under the direction of Dr. Frederick Teodou and Zachary Hicks. 
The Passion Chorale, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, attributed to Bernard of Clairvaux, is sung by the Chamber Choir of St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Prayers are drawn from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the Bible reading is from the New Revised Standard Version. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget, registration for post-conference access is at www.anglicanconnection.com.